Welcome to Tuesday on the Puro Pelka podcast. It is Mike here, and I have to tell you, I'm a little bit behind today because as I was getting ready to begin recording, I caught the news of the shooting in Brooklyn on the subway. Sunset Park, Brooklyn, a great little neighborhood, by the way, but now it's going to be known for either a terror attack or just a crazed murderer. Although no one has died at this point, at the point I'm recording this, just before 11 o'clock, no one is officially reported to have passed from the, the attack. There are several people who have been taken to hospitals. Just got to be scary as all hell to have somebody shooting inside a subway train and then inside a subway platform area underground in New York City. Everybody say a prayer for New York City today. I lived there for, gosh, 23 years. And I do know Sunset Park, Brooklyn. Just a nice little neighborhood. What the hell's wrong with people? There are uh, several law enforcement agencies descended upon the area. And I'm not even going to begin to speculate because by the time you listen to this, something else will have happened. Something different will have happened. There are plenty of other stories for us to talk about today, and we will. And I'm sure this attack will be brought up as people try and support Joe Biden's push to grab guns. Joe Biden and the Democrats push to eliminate your right to defend yourself with the Second Amendment. Yesterday, Joe Biden trying to play the ghost gun card in a Rose Garden event. That uh, just seemed really weird. But Biden out there talking about ghost guns and then repeating the lies about the Second Amendment that he's been putting out there forever and ever and ever. He keeps saying this stuff and it's just not true. It's patently false. What am I talking about, for example? And by the way, it's going to sound bizarre. I support the Second Amendment. You have a right. But from the very beginning, the Second Amendment didn't say you can own any gun you want, as big as you want. You couldn't buy a cannon when, in fact, the Second Amendment passed. Well, yes, you could, sir. And I sincerely doubt you support the Second Amendment. You support when anybody tells you to support whatever paper they put in front of you that day. And the Second Amendment, when this country was started and it was part of the Constitution, the first 10 amendments, the Bill of Rights, you could have a cannon. And several civilians had cannons that were used in the Revolutionary War, in the Spanish-American War, in the Civil War. So that's one lie. Joe went on to tell a couple more. God love you. Look, this is incredibly rare because gun manufacturers have more immunity from liability than any other American industry. False. That's false. Gun manufacturers, well, they didn't certainly did not get the protection that Joe Biden gave to the pharmaceutical industry that the government, and we have to lump the Republicans in there too because the protection on the vaccine has been given to the pharmaceutical industry. And gun manufacturers can be sued, sir. So that's incorrect. I know, there's a third one, too. Here's Joe again. And I know it's controversial, but I got it done once. Ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. I don't think you got that done. And by the way, 
Assault weapons are responsible for a teeny tiny fracture, fraction, fracture, teeny tiny fraction of, of deaths in this country. Teeny tiny fraction. Knives, a lot more. Ladders, a lot more. If you want to, you know, outlaw something, I got to double check that stat. I'm exaggerating probably to clarify. But knives, definitely. Handguns, absolutely. So why do you only bring up assault weapons? Because it scares people. And then he goes after the bullet argument again. I was getting criticized when I first passed this law when I was a senator. And guess what? I was down in southern Delaware to do a lot of hunting and fishing down there. I don't think he does. And I was walking up one of the creek beds. And the guy standing there said, you want to take my gun? I said, I'll take your gun. This conversation didn't happen, but whatever. So you're telling me I can't have more than X number of bullets in, a, in, 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 a, in my gun. And I said, what do you think the deer you're hunting or wear Kevlar vest? What the hell do you need 20 bullets for? You must be a hell of a terrible shot. He doesn't understand what the Second Amendment's about. And this argument about Kevlar vests on deer is just theater. This is all Bravo Sierra. Assault rifles are just rifles that look scary because they're all black. He's a racist. He's afraid of black things. See? And yes, that is a bit of an exaggeration to clarify. But yesterday that started. So this will get mentioned today. I guarantee you this will be part of the discussion today when people are covering this shooting in Brooklyn. Speaking of Joe Biden, do you uh, wonder why? Do you wonder why the Saudis would not take Joe Biden's phone call? Remember, he's been trotting around the world telling everybody, well, America's respected again. America's leading again. Is that why Boris Johnson was in Ukraine and you didn't go? Is that is that part of the America's leading again instead of leading from behind as you're doing? Is that why the Saudis wouldn't pick up your phone call? Now, I'll tell you why the Saudis wouldn't pick up Joe Biden's phone call. When he was calling to increase the Saudi oil production to beg them, all he had to do was open the pipeline here. But no, no, he had to he had to call the Saudis. They wouldn't answer. And the reason why they wouldn't answer is they don't think much of Joe Biden. They don't think much at all of Joe Biden. There is a Saudi national TV channel that posted a video like an SNL sketch of a Joe Biden character with a Kamala Harris character. And uh, it, it's absolutely a complete mocking of Joe Biden in the Sleepy Joe manner. And let's see if you can pick it up. Doesn't sound anything at all like him, but it, they've made up this guy and this woman to look like Joe and Kamala. So the Biden character walks out in the press room bunch of American flags and the blue drape behind him with Kamala. He points to a few members of the press. You hear the cameras clicking. Then he walks off camera and Kamala has to chase him and, and bring him back to the podium. Thank you very much. Today, we're going to talk about the crisis in Spain. Yeah, we're going to talk about the crisis in Africa. Yeah, Russia. Yeah, Russia. And I want to talk about the president of Russia, uh, Putin. Yeah. 
Sid Kamala keeps whispering the right answers into his ear. Putin, Putin, listen to me. I have a very important message to you. The message is... And then he falls asleep standing up and Kamala has to elbow him and wake him up. This is on Saudi national TV. And the president of China... Oh, I didn't finish Russia. Yes, Thank you to correct me, first lady. Damn. So he calls Kamala the first lady and then she covers the mic and whispers in his ear some more angry thoughts. Thank you very much. God bless you. And God bless... And then he falls asleep Thank you. again. Hallelujah. Clap to your president. Clap to your president right now. And she carries him off. It's just embarrassing. But this is what's on Saudi Arabian national TV. This is how they see America. This is how they see Joe Biden. It truly is embarrassing. But it's not like he hasn't given them enough ammunition. It's not like he hasn't been a helper when it comes to this. Remember, it's just uh, a couple of days ago at the ceremony for um, Katenji Brown Jackson confirming her as a Supreme Court justice. They were out on the lawn outside of the White House, and Joe's telling that story again about traveling through uh, the Himalayas with uh, Xi Jinping. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the foot him. Uh, foot, foot. Excuse me. What? What was that again? America can be defined in a single word. Go ahead. Can be defined in a single word. I was in the foot him. Uh, foot, foot, excuse what? me. The foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping, traveling with him. Unless we traveled seventeen thousand miles when I was vice president. I don't know that for a fact. So he says he traveled with him for seventeen thousand miles, and then immediately says. I don't know that for a fact. And you wonder why the rest of the world that looks at us through an honest, clean lens doesn't respect this guy. They fear Donald Trump. They laugh at Joe Biden. They might have laughed at a few things Trump did, too, but they just laugh at Joe Biden. It really is embarrassing. And then what should be embarrassing to this president today, we get up and the Consumer Price Index was reported the fastest rise in 40 years, over 40 years. So if you feel you might have a pain in your butt, it's probably your wallet causing all that pain because it is a record. The highest since 1981. And where's Joe Biden today? He's on a plane to the Midwest to tell everybody how we're going to use more canola oil to make gasoline for cars. I seem to remember Bill Clinton saying that we shouldn't be using our food to drive our cars. We should be using our food, things like corn, to uh, feed people and feed cattle, etc. Extraordinary. And Jen Snarky tried to run this off on the side of the road and say, well, it's the Putin price hike. No, it's not, madam. No, it is not. We understand what it is. Uh, but speaking of madness and things that the left is always saying, I don't know if you saw this. There's a, uh, a first grade teacher. The people we entrust with the youngest among us in terms of giving them a base for their education. And this first grade teacher decided 
that um, I, I want to call him a he, but I don't think I can because there's some kind of question about gender, whatever. But this first grade teacher on a Zoom call decided to identity share and talked about being trans, but then made one of the more ridiculous statements I've ever heard out of a trans person. And this is from the the party that during COVID was always screaming, we have to follow the science. Why won't you follow the science? This is not science here, but it's worth knowing about. And something something cool about me, Miss Hammond? All right. All right. So something that's really cool and unique about who I am is that I am transgender. So we touched a little bit about that at the beginning of this week uh, in the book that Miss Hammond read. But I'm going to give you my explanation about what it means to be transgender as well. Oh, boy. Anyone else excited? There's one weird thing about this to me. These trans people are saying that being trans is cool, right? And unique. And little kids all want to be cool. Does anyone wonder why you have so many kids saying, well, uh, maybe I'm trans because that makes me cool, right? You don't want to be a boring person and just be a regular old person. No, you want to be a cool person. But let's hear what this trans guy has to say. So when babies are born, the doctor looks at them and they make a guess about whether the baby is a boy or a girl. Wait, 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 wait. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that biology doesn't seem to square with the biology that we were taught in school. Say it again, person. Looks at them and they make a guess about whether the baby is a boy or a girl. So it's just a guess that a medical doctor who's trained forever and understands biology and genes and what makes up a male person and a female person based on science. It's just a guess. That's what this person is teaching your children, your first graders. Based on what they look like. And most of the time, that guess is 100% correct. There are no issues whatsoever. Um, and, but sometimes the doctor is wrong. The doctor makes an incorrect guess. Um, when the it's not a guess. But these are the mentally ill people who are teaching your children. Doctor makes a correct guess. That's when a person is called cisgender. When a doctor's guess is wrong, that's when they are transgender. So I'm a man. But when I was a baby, the doctors told my parents I was a girl. And so my parents gave me a name that girls typically have and bought me clothes that girls typically wear. Anyone feel sorry for this person's family? I do. I really do, because the ignorance that's on display here is is beyond the pale. Seriously, it is. But this is what's out there. This is why the Florida law giving the parents the right to control what is being taught to their children is so important. This is why it's so important that states like Virginia are following suit and other states. And it's also important why people in New Jersey need to stand up and tell their governor, no, 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 no. You do not get to supersede the parents. Just putting that out there. Just putting that out there. Ah. So much, so much that needs to be shared here today. Uh, we do have a whole bunch of stuff to get to. We're also going to get a visit from Jim Stovall just around the corner. Uh, I will tell you the uh, border crisis with the, the um, Title 42 being allowed to expire. 
that we expect uh, to create a massive swarm at the border, which will create a huge humanitarian crisis for all those towns along the border, as well as the stress and strain on the American economy. The White House better wake up because a new poll, a new CBS poll, shows that eight out of 10 people, that's 80%, if my math is correct, eight out of 10 people do not want Title 42 to expire. They want the border to be secured. Maybe this administration just doesn't care about the people here who are citizens. Just throwing that out there. Uh, How did your state handle COVID? By the way, Philadelphia imposing a mask mandate again. The, um, The White House COVID czar is saying that they're looking at extending, extending the transportation mask mandate. That means planes and buses and subway trains, et cetera. They're going to try and make this last forever. But meanwhile, anybody who crosses the border, they don't really care. They, you, don't, you don't have to worry about people coming in here with COVID because that's not an issue. But when you get on a plane, despite the fact the air is better than just about anywhere in the world, they want you to wear a mask. It's about control, you see. But certain states did better than others. For example, Utah, Nebraska, I think Iowa as well, and Florida, of course, and uh, Montana did really well in dealing with COVID. Oddly enough, those were the states that really didn't deal with lockdowns the way that all those blue states did. And out of the top 10 states that did poorly, nine of them were blue. And the 10th, Maryland, was kind of purplish. What does that tell you? I hope the Republicans keep repeating this going into the uh, midterm elections, which are 209 days away from today, if you're listening to this on Tuesday. Uh, Got some news out of MSNBC. Rachel Maddow returning from her hiatus, wherever the heck she was. I don't know. I don't watch her, so I didn't care. And she's announced she's cutting back to just one show a week. She's only going to do Mondays. Which seems weird to me. It seems like you might do a Friday show to talk about all the things that happened over the course of the week. But no, she's decided she's going to do a Monday show, which means there's going to be an open time slot there. Is that where Jen Snarky's going? I think they were waiting until Rachel Maddow made her news public before they announced whether or not Jen Snarky was going to leave the White House and head over to the MSNBC White House, which is what we should call it. Just putting that out there. I'm going to take a very short break. When we get back, our buddy Jim Stovall has a winner's wisdom column that we have to talk about. That's next on the Piro Pelka podcast. Welcome back to the program. It is that time we get uh, to spend a little time learning. And I get the benefit of, of laughing with Jim Stovall. Before we get uh, into the formal part of our weekly visit, and Jim, I I know you are a guy who's got 50-plus books on the shelves. You have the Narrative Television Network that helps people who can't see experience TV and movies, and you've done so many great things with your speeches and your philanthropy work. But I have to tell you, your one-on-one mission with me is probably your greatest sacrifice 
in your life. So thank you, sir. Well, and every every uh, week before we start recording, you get to laugh with me, and I get to laugh at you, and it really works out well. It's kind of a weekly ritual we have, and it uh, <laughs> and I I enjoy it. I enjoy it, and uh, you know, some weeks I can't look forward to next week, and then. And then some days, you know, you think, hey, I got a whole week till I got to do that again. So it, <laughs> pace yourself. It works out. Pace yourself. Yeah, you, I think we're in the positive column overall. Oh, just... no, no doubt about it. <laughs> oh, so many good things to talk about with Jim Stahlvall. And uh, I get a lesson, and you get a lesson. And you can get this lesson if you go to jimstovall.com and sign up for it. It will end up in your mailbox. But we get a chance to break it down every single week and by break it down we get to try try and see it through uh, Jim Stovall's opinion and Jim Stovall's angles on the topic and Jim this one this week I, I have to admit I spent a lot of time looking at it and reading it and then going okay am I am I doing right in the world of making decisions so wh- where were you taking us well what we're talking about this week is the myth of not deciding. And whether you live in the penthouse or the penitentiary, you're likely there because of decisions you've made in the past. So we live and die based on our decisions. And so it behooves us all to make good decisions. And the question arises is how do we make these decisions? First of all, people don't like to make them and they like to avoid them. Well, you cannot avoid a decision. Avoiding a decision is a decision, and it's the worst one you can make. But in, before you look at what am I going to decide to do, you have to look at when am I going to make the decision. There are a lot of people, just to get past the uncomfortable feeling, they will just pick anything. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm confronted with these opportunities or these choices. Just pick one. And it's always a mistake to choose immediately. And then there are other people that procrastinate. They wait till the last minute and then beyond, and the window starts to close. So in the beginning, if you decide too quickly, you don't have enough information. If you wait till the end and you wait too long, the window starts to close. You're like the kid waiting to deciding which college to apply to. And if you wait long enough, they'll all close and you'll be down to one choice. And uh, so if you don't choose soon enough, you, you get the leftovers. And having that option, my mentor used to tell me, never make a decision until you have to. And having that option, that ability to make a decision, you want to actually put on your calendar, okay, I need to finalize this decision by this date. This is the date by which I will have the most information, but I still haven't lost any of my options. Because options, choices have a value. They, they trade options every day on the New York Stock Exchange. You can buy the right to make a decision. If you're not sure if you want to buy a stock today, you know, the, for a certain amount of money, you can make that decision in July. And you can say, I'll, I'll decide if I want to own that or not in July based on today's price. So, you know, it's all about when we make the decision as important as what decision we make. And this is so important. And this is something that I, I know everybody obsesses with decisions. And your mentor's advice of never having to make a decision until you really have to cannot be underlined and highlighted enough for me. And and that's a real interesting thing, because if you sit back and go, okay, when do I have to make this decision? When? 
and then you fully understand it, then you you don't put yourself in that situation where the clock is ticking or the window is closing, as you said, and and you make you make the right move because getting information and all the information is usually important. Because how many times have we jumped and made a decision and then suddenly information comes in and you go, well, I, I wouldn't have done that had I known <laughs> this was going on. Oh, yeah. I think a fifth grader can make the right decision in most life choices if you give them enough information. I uh, had a guy, a promoter I do a lot of arena events for, and he called me the other day and and he said, man, I'm not getting good pre-sales on my July event, and I don't understand why. Well, I had one of my people pull it up on the uh, on the website and read it to me, and I called the guy back, and I said, well, two things you used to do before COVID hit that you're apparently not doing here. Number one, you had an early bird special, and number two, you sold reserve seats. Now you've got general admission, and there's no early bird special. Why would anybody sign up early? I can come the day of the event and get the same deal. So, you know, if you want people to make a decision earlier, you have to incentivize. There has to be a reason to make a decision early, or people will wait till the last minute. And uh, so, you know, when we decide is, is, is as important as what we decide, because it helps us make the best decisions. And I remind people um, there are time factors in all these, as Jim is pointing out here. Uh, a week from uh, now, I, I guess uh, next Monday, is the final day that you can actually file your tax returns. But this is one of those cases, Jim, where I would encourage people, maybe get it in early, especially if you have money coming back. You might want to mm-hmm. be ahead of the deadline. But uh, decide to not have to stand in line. Decide to not have to panic. And that's one of those things that we often throw ourselves into the panic mode because our decision-making process is not important uh, to us when it should be the most important thing we do. Uh, a great column this week, Jim, a, a great column. You want to give us a, a, a little summary? Because I, I know that at the end of every column is the, uh, is the line I always take with me. It's my Jim Stovall vitamin. Yeah, today's the day. And you know, it, it doesn't matter what we intend to do. It doesn't matter what we know we should have done. It doesn't matter what we want to do. What matters is really what we do. And there's only one day that matters. That's today. I mean, yesterday's the canceled check. Tomorrow's the promissory note. Today is cash. Let's spend it wisely. That's beautiful. Jim Stovall is his name. Find him at jimstovall.com. And typically every week, wherever the heck I am on radio. Thank you again, my friend. Thank you. 